thank you everyone for joining us this evening. This is Clark Rockfall, ACB's Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs. Um, thank you for joining this community event this evening. For the folks listening on ACB Radio Live event, welcome, as well as those who have called or logged in to the, the Zoom meeting. Um, everyone will be muted here during the, the presentation as well as the demos from Comcast, and then we will unmute folks as they raise their hands uh, when it is time for Q&A um, towards the end of the, the presentations. And we'll go over the instructions for raising hands um, when that time draws near. So at this point, I'd like to welcome our guests and have them uh, introduce themselves here in a little bit. We have a longtime friend of ACB, Tom Lukowski, VP of Accessibility for Comcast Communications. Tom, how are you doing this evening? Hi, everybody. Nice to be with you, Clark, and uh, hope everybody's staying safe and healthy and uh, look forward to talking about what Xfinity is up to. Well, thank you. I know everyone always looks forward to the, the presentations of Comcast at the ACB annual conference and convention, and we certainly appreciate you um, you all making some time to share what's going on at Comcast with our members uh, in this virtual environment. And I'd also like to welcome your colleague, Joel Moffitt. Um, hello, and will you please give a, a brief introduction to ACB? Yeah, hi, everybody. Thank you, Clark, for the introduction. Uh, my name is Joel Moffitt. I'm the principal product manager for the Comcast accessibility team. Uh, I've been working with Tom since shortly after the team formed. Uh, I joined in 2013. So uh, I get to do a lot of things like this, conferences connecting with our customers and, and getting at uh, the things that are on your mind so we can help inform our product roadmaps going forward. So I'm really thankful for you guys for putting all this together. And even though these are tough times, it's nice to be able to connect with you all here. And truth be told, Clark, Joel's the guy that really makes it happen. <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> I don't know about that, Tom. <laughs> I had the pleasure of meeting Joel in early February before the ACB DC leadership meetings and legislative seminar. Um, we were on a, a panel for accessible technology at the National Association of Regulatory Commissioners at their D, uh, winter meetings in DC. So no stranger to to Joel as well as the the stuff that you all are going to share here with our folks this evening. Um, but before, before we get in those, into those demos, I know that I and many other ACB members, um, we've been hearing a lot about Comcast accessibility. And I, I turn on you know, my, my smart speakers and play NPR every morning. And one of the first things I hear is about how uh, accessibility at Comcast is about solving problems. Um, so could you guys share uh, what the what role accessibility plays at Comcast? Sure, and, and Joel, jump in again. Uh, I, uh, because of a power outage, everyone will probably drop off at some point. I think I got about 15% battery power left here on this uh, phone and the computer is completely dead. Um, power folks are out back trying to get lines back up, but doubtful they'll have it ready to roll by the time uh, this ends. So uh, from an accessibility standpoint, you know, uh, we're all about building inclusive design into our products. So you're very familiar with the talking guide. Um, you know, we wanted to build that into X1. Uh, you just hit a button on the remote or you say a simple voice command and, you know, you're off and running. Um, 
mobile and mobile apps and websites certainly are, are another big priority. Customer support is is equally important to us. We have a de- dedicated support center. I know that many of you um, have used uh, or continue to use. Uh, we encourage that and certainly look for feedback on how we can make that uh, center uh, even better for you. Because uh, you know, of course, accessibility is a journey. It's not a destination, and there's always room for improvement. Um, and so really, you know, what you're alluding to are these uh, commercials that are running in three markets, the D.C. area, uh, Philadelphia and San Francisco. Um, and and it's really just to kind of highlight the uh, our, our commitment to inclusive design. Um, and uh, really, it cuts across different types of disabilities as, as well. Um, you know, as I mentioned, from product to support, and and then beyond that to um, engaging with the community uh, through our accessibility lab, Clark, that I know you've been a part of. Uh, so it, it's it it really does cut across. Joel, you have anything you want to add on that? Yeah, sure, Tom. Um, so I I think one thing that's uh, pretty cool for us at Comcast is that we sit within our customer experience group. So that's a big initiative for the company, and it's been a really comfortable home for us over the past um, year and a quarter, coming up on year and a half maybe. So um, because Comcast is so focused on the customer experience, that's the journey from end to end. It's not really about customer support. It's just about taking friction out of the system and making things easy. As you can imagine, we've been living that as the accessibility team really since we started. So it's kind of nice to start realizing or start seeing some of the other execs realize uh, who don't live and breathe accessibility, they're beginning to understand how integral accessibility is to just creating a good experience. So that's that's one thing that um, has been a really nice environment to work in since we joined that team. Yeah, and, and as a, a happy Comcast customer, um, A, it's nice that a, a company that is dedicating so many resources to accessibility um, is being very public about what they're doing and letting consumers know that these resources and tools exist. Um, There's so many times in different other technologies and venues where you have to hunt and search and find something that may work if you stand on one foot and hold your arm over your head, patting your belly and rubbing your tummy. Um, So I know that one of the products that everyone is very familiar with with Comcast is the the X1 platform. Um, hopefully, we have we'll have some demos here later on. But the the voice remote, the uh, text to speech guide, um, the ability to control audio description. Um, what other features are included in that X1 platform? And then, in addition to accessibility for people who are blind and visually impaired, you all have been doing some work to. Uh, expand the reach and accessibility of that platform as well. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, one of the reasons uh, why I, uh, I think we ended up here tonight uh, was through a conversation that that I had uh, last week with with Eric Bridges and, and then subsequent with, with Clark. Uh, a lot of what you see Comcast and, and Xfinity doing is is what can what can our role be in this chaotic situation in which we find ourselves of COVID-19. Um, and we wanted to make sure that people uh, were aware of a bunch of different things. So 
when you're talking about X1, you know, and we're going to demo some of this in a bit, you know, you have the talking guide, voice remote, as you said, uh, but we also have a dedicated uh, collection page for audio description. Uh, we follow the FCC terminology, at least for the moment. They will probably change that terminology over time. Uh, I see my good friend Carl Rich Richardson on the call here, and, and I know he's been involved in that. Um, so you would, uh, uh, you could say shows with audio description or shows with video description, uh, and you'll end up on what voice guidance would announce as the video description collection page. And really that's an aggregate of all of the content that we know about either, um, on the air right now, uh, in our on-demand library of well over 50,000 titles. And even with some of our third-party content partners like Netflix, you might say, wait a minute, I thought Xfinity and Comcast and Netflix competed against each other. Um, in some ways, we, we do, but in other ways, we are partners. Um, and X1 is a platform that we see as what we call the aggregator of aggregators. So we only want you to have to press one button on your remote for an input, and that input should be um, turned right to X1 because we'll bring everything to you through that platform. So you'll have your regular TV like you do today. You'll have you know on-demand like you had uh, for a while now. Um, DVR recordings, uh, ability to schedule and play back a DVR recording. Uh, but then beyond that, we've we've now started to expand into apps. So uh, if you go to the home screen, and I'm sure Joel will demo this when my phone dies. Um, you go to the apps menu and you'll see a bunch of different apps. Now we're, we're, this is a work in progress. So not everything is, is, uh, usable just yet, but some of the main apps like Amazon prime video, YouTube TV, um, uh, Netflix, uh, recently Hulu was added to the mix. Uh, and all of those apps work with our voice guidance feature uh, that enables people who are blind or visually impaired to interact with uh, uh, the X1 platform independently. Um, so so those are some, some new things that you might not associate with us. Um, and there's some other uh, apps on there as well, Zumo TV, which works. Some of the music apps still need to work with those partners. It's kind of like we've become kind of, well, you don't have to download the app. Um, you think of this is almost like an app store, um, uh, although it's just an, these are a menu of apps and you can just select one and it'll launch uh, and, uh, you know, you'll be uh, essentially the equivalent of, of using your laptop or your phone to get to one of these apps. Um, and so I, I would say that's probably something that's built out a little bit more since the last time we spoke probably at, at the convention uh, last year. Um, and then, of course, there's web and mobile uh, apps, our XFi app that, that manages your home network. We can talk about that. Stream TV, which we know a lot of people uh, in the blind community use uh, in lieu of a TV, uh, because you, if you're in your home and on a Wi-Fi network, uh, an Xfinity Wi-Fi network, you can, you can your, your, your phone or your tablet performs just like a set-top box. Uh, so you're getting live TV and everything else that comes with it. And then when you're on the go, you're able to download uh, content and, and watch uh, content. So some of those apps that maybe we haven't talked about as much. And then, of course, the expanded X1 with the video description collection page and the, uh, 
and the uh, apps like YouTube, Amazon, Netflix, and uh, Hulu. Well, I certainly want to learn more about the the expanded um, apps that Comcast is offering, as well as the the other products um, that can enhance the home network as well. But before we get into that, in addition to Carl Richardson being on the call, I noticed that Joel Snyder, Dr. Joel uh, Snyder, is on the yes. call as well. Um, cheerleader in chief for audio description and the audio description project, um, which is the world-renowned go-to resource for audio-described content. So, Tom, I have to ask, shouldn't a, a cable provider be able to aggregate audio-described content all in one place to make it easier for consumers? Well, yes, um, to an extent, right? Uh, so we control what's in our footprint. Uh, you know, I... You know, we cable companies, traditional cable companies have, um, you know, a defined area of service, um, you know, so we're not in New York City, for example, um, you know, uh, you know, our big areas are, you know, uh, kind of toward the east and the west, D.C., yeah, you know, we're all over the country, 39 states, but but we don't we don't have every market in every state. Um, so we can aggregate it for our customers, but I'm not sure that we could effectively aggregate it for, uh, for everyone, uh, in terms of, you know, TV listings, things like that, because we're, we're not, we're not managing, you know, uh, uh, the TV listings for, for companies that are, are, you know, outside of our, our service area. Um, I think that's might be what you're getting at right a kind of a tv listings piece yep that as well as when when folks have that one-stop shop and using the x1 remote to access hulu and netflix and amazon um Ah, i see what you're saying yes yeah how can you get those listings to uh populate with the audio described content as well are there um, technical challenges to doing that so that's something we are working on. Uh, back to my earlier point that accessibility is a journey, not a destination. So today, uh, and, and Joel uh, is the, the owner of this video description collection page, so I might uh, <coughs> have you uh, jump in on this. Uh, you but you know, um, today we we are surfacing on that page content from Netflix. So all of Netflix described series and content does show up in that listing. Um, some of the other partners, it's it's a, a work in progress where we need to get them to send us that data that will allow us to display them in the TV listings. So those conversations are ongoing. Joel, anything you'd like to add there? Yeah, absolutely. So, so thanks. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a very complicated ecosystem in terms of how we ingest content that has description and how we surface so one of the things that's really great about X1 is it's really a best in class, you know, fundamentally awesome TV experience. And then we layer the accessibility on top of it and it just becomes that much better. So whether you're using the accessibility options or not, they're there when you need them, they're out of the way when you don't. Um, but one of the great things is that, as you say, we're aggregating content from Hulu, from Prime Video, from Netflix, from other over the top services in our X1 apps. What's great is if I search for uh, a Netflix title like Stranger Things uh, with using the 
Xfinity X1 voice remote. Stranger Things is going to come up within our X1 operating system, and you're going to have a list of all the episodes and everything. And then not until you choose the episode do you, that you want is it going to take you into the Netflix experience, which is very similar to the Netflix experience you would have on other devices and, and on the web. So because we're bringing you all the content in our ecosystem before we give you the off-ramp to those apps, uh, it's nice that you can navigate them in our system, but once you land um, and, and find the asset that you want, you have to select the place that you want to watch it. So, you know, one title may have a lot of different versions of what we call, you know, that particular asset or that episode of a program. So we have to manage across all those things, work with all the different providers, as Tom mentioned. So one thing that there historically has not been a whole ton of is described episodes of of series right so we've worked with nbc we've worked with cbs and said look even though the cbaa doesn't mandate that you've got to give us everything on linear with description and and make sure that we have that on demand as well we've worked with those providers to make sure that that is happening so anything that is available on nbc with description all your your chicago suite of shows right chicago fire chicago bed and so on um, and then all the CBS series are available in our video description collection are really easy to get to. And then, um, so on top of that, we have individual relationships with the different over the top providers. So your Netflix, your Hulu, your, your prime video, uh, unfortunately, as it stands right now, you can go and watch something on Hulu through X1 and you can watch something on prime video through X1 and you can go enable the video description or audio description track. But the problem is that we're not currently receiving the correct data from those partners to be able to uh, pull those into our video description collection. That's something that we're working across a few teams with um, to get that happening. But you know, on launch, they, for whatever reason, the way the contract is set up, they're not giving us that data. So that's something that we're working on. Netflix, and, however, you, you've got all that stuff. And a lot of these partners partnerships evolve over time. Uh, yep, and so sure. we would see that data uh, come in over time. The other issue this brings up, and it's something that Joel and I hear a lot, and it comes through us uh, directly and, and certainly uh, through escalation from our uh, support center uh, for customers with disabilities, is I'm on the video description collection page and I see, you know, a Harry, Harry Potter movie. Pick any movie. I just picked Harry Potter for some reason. Um, and I see it for rent for, you know, whatever the price is. And I see it for purchase for whatever the price is. And, and I see it for free. But the free version doesn't seem to have the audio description track. Well, we know it doesn't have the audio description track. Why is that, you might ask? I mean, it's one program. And I know this is something that, you know, Joel and Carl and those of us who are on the Disability Advisory Committee of the FCC certainly talk about. The reason why uh, that happens is, uh, so, so we know that Harry Potter has description, um, but we actually do deals with different content sources to get that movie. So we might work directly with the studio to get the rental and the purchasable content. But then on the other side, we have a relationship with, you know, True TV or HBO or somebody else where they're also feeding on-demand content into that, uh, in, into our library of content. And 
we're working on right now, there's a bug where the, the content that's coming through from programmers that aren't associated with either passing through audio description on their cable channel or they're just a programmer that gets rights to shows that are described, but they themselves aren't carrying description. We need to get that, that data out of the system. So, so that is causing some confusion right now because you'll see multiple versions of the same program, just like there's a standard definition version, there's a high definition version, there's a rent version, there's a purchased version, there's, you know, this is, there's a lot of reasons why it is the way it is. Um, largely a lot of legacy issues from when we were a traditional cable company. So we're trying to move as quickly as we can into more of a, you know, more of a, a internet media type company uh, um, where, where, you know, one program should suffice for everything. But, but just because of the way the, the business side of the house is set up, you'll see a lot of you know, multiple versions of the same program. And that's where you can stumble into uh, uh, instances where a program is available in a couple of different versions with description. And then, of course, the one we all like, the free version is from another programmer that doesn't offer description. And and so uh, that's, that is an important distinction. And if you ever run into a situation like that, um, you, you should feel free to, you know, call us and, and we can certainly try and help you through that. That's great. Thank you for that um, ex explanation. It is a, a complicated landscape. I promise that that will be the most difficult question, at least for me here this evening. Um, and before we get to the product demos, I'd like to talk a little bit about the, the current um, climate and landscape. So a lot of people are at home. Um, a lot of people are, if they're students, they're studying. They're doing their homework. They're and they're on e-learning platforms. Uh, if you work for the ACB National Office, you are on webinars and phone calls and meetings and collaborating with other organizations and talking with members. Um, and if you are Executive Director Eric Bridges, you're on YouTube and um, <laughs> you know Amazon Prime and um, Comcast On Demand all day. Trying to entertain um, is, your kids. <laughs> yeah. What is that doing to um, traffic? What, do, what is Comcast noticing over their networks? Well, it's really interesting. Um, you know, we, you know, we build our networks to, to support, you know, an increasing number of devices and traffic and things like that. Uh, and so, you know, knock on wood, uh, things have been performing very well. The network has been performing very well. Um, we saw about a, 33% uptick across the nation. Um, some markets upwards of 60%. So out near Silicon Valley, where all the tech folks are working from home and you got engineers loading, you know, uh, huge amounts of code into whatever it is that they're some repository or whatever it is that they're doing. Um, but generally, uh, it's, it's within that, you know, 30 to 35% range of, uh, Increased usage. We've noticed, uh, uh, you know, certainly the peak hours have changed. We see a lot more peak traffic during the day, uh, especially for streaming content. Yeah, usually that that typically happens around 9 p.m. Eastern at night, and now that's just being pushed earlier in the day. And you know, we actually see, you know, uh, 
you can you can kind of see it roll across the country as that as the as the COVID nineteen kind of started to take hold across the country. You know, at first there was those hot spots in Washington State and and uh, and then California, uh, and so as as those states started to implement uh, shelter in place, work from home policies, you know, we saw that traffic um, you know, start to increase and spike there. And then as the rest of us started to uh, join in that shelter in place, work from home category, uh, then we saw the traffic, you know, in the Philadelphia market, Boston, wherever else uh, in our footprint start to increase. So it's been interesting to, to watch that. Um, but there are network engineers, as you might imagine, uh, on call 24 seven. And, uh, you know, they're not letting anybody introduce any new features or functionality right now, because uh, I would not want to be the guy that went to our, our head boss and said, oops, I took the network down. <laughs> that would not go yeah. over very well. <laughs> yeah, keeping Paw Patrol on in the Bridges household is certainly uh, essential. Um, Absolutely. And you, Comcast is doing some uh, some pretty interesting stuff to increase the availability of broadband. So we've discussed the accessibility of the of the products and services to some extent, but in addition to that, um, with the the current pandemic crisis, making sure that folks are not left behind, whether work or in the classroom. Um, and we've shared this information on the ACB COVID-19 webpage as well. Um, talk a little bit about the, the offerings that Comcast is rolling out to make sure that folks can stay connected at home. Sure. Um, it's a great uh, initiative. It's called Internet Essentials. And you can go to internetessentials.com and learn more. And really what, what this service is aimed to do is to get individuals on low income uh, and fixed incomes connected to the internet. Um, we've connected more than 8 million Americans through this program over a period of years that it's been in existence. Uh, we recently, last August, uh, expanded um, eligibility. So Internet Essentials first started out targeted to um, families who participated in the federal school lunch program and and it's then gradually expanded to um, veterans populations um, uh, older adults um, and then this last August of 2019 uh, we uh, made our most significant expansion and so now we pick up things like SSDI and and other pro federal programs that that um, individuals who could benefit from from the uh, from this internet uh, essentials program uh, can be eligible through. So really excited about that. And so for COVID nineteen, what we've done is for new new internet essentials customers. So they haven't been a Comcast customer uh, before uh, for at least ninety days. Uh, they come because they ask they need internet for school or for work or what have you. Um, uh, there's 60 days free service, uh, and then it's $9.99 a month thereafter. And um, I believe it's uh, 25 um, megabytes down and three up. Um, but if I'm misquoting that, we'll, we'll get the right we'll get the right facts for you. But but I believe that's what it is. It, it just changed. It just went. It just went up. So uh, so there's plenty of of 
downstream capability or, or download capability for, you know, for, for video conferencing and the like. And I should also say with the Internet Essentials program, uh, we're also subsidizing computers so you can get a, a you know, uh, a refurbished uh, laptop for like $150, um, Oh wow! And, and so for a lot of individuals, it, it really does mean the difference between being able to do their homework online or, you know, being forced to go to a, a library or some other uh, uh, public facility, uh, many of which are closed right now. So it, it really is breaking down barriers and closing the digital divide. Sure. And some of the products you have to demo for us here this evening, um, products and services, um, help to enhance that home network as well as um, make the, the products more flexible. Um, so what are, what are some of the items that you are wanting to show to ACB or uh, demo for ACB here this evening? Uh, so one product, uh, not sure I'm going to actually be able to demo it from my phone here, um, was going to be XFI, uh, XFI. Uh, mm -hmm. And this is a app that you can download today from the Apple App Store. There's also uh, an Android version that you can get through Google Play. And XFi allows you, uh, if you have a Comcast uh, uh, router and, and modem, to be able to uh, manage your home network. You can um, create profiles for people in your house uh, so you know what devices are attached to what person. Um, you can, a lot of parents like this next feature, you can pause the internet for your kids. You can set up uh, through parental controls how many hours your kids are online. So I imagine as Eric's kids grow, uh, he's going to become a regular XFi user because he's going to be controlling the, uh, the, the time that the kids are on, online. Um, you know, bedtime, the internet goes off um, and, you know, may come back on for a few hours, you know, before school or during the afternoon, but it's, it's really in the, putting that power into the parents' hands of, of being able to control. And then, you know, each individual, you know, no one kid is the same. So as your, your kids grow, you know, the, the, the high schooler may get more time online and, or, you know, uh, maybe it should be the other way around, <laughs> but uh, with all the video games that are out there, but, uh, you know, so that's one feature. Uh, we're bringing a lot of our home automation uh, technology into XFi. Uh, as a value add to your high-speed internet broadband service. So uh, we just rolled out the uh, security cameras in this app. So um, if you have our, if, if, if you've had our security cameras uh, in the past or you're interested in, in getting some, uh, you, can, can, you can look at them, uh, you can control them through the app. The nice part is we just added audio recording. So um, uh, you you can uh, now not only uh, when there's a motion detected a motion event detected uh, it's not just a, a visual uh, uh, image you, you get audio with that as well um, and that that I recently uh, saw that appear in production uh, this past weekend I started playing around with it uh, and we're going to do more of that uh, you know over time thermostats you know smart light switches etc so you don't have to buy a, a you know, uh, and subscribe to a, a, a home security product 
you can um, you know do this as part of your your uh, internet connectivity service that you're already um, subscribing to through us. So XFi is a pretty powerful tool, and it's yeah, be- and yeah. and I believe uh, Joel did a a sound test before we got started here. So Joel Moffat may be able to demo with voiceover um, the XFi app as well as its accessibility with voiceover. Um, so Joel, while you get set up with that, I'll just at, ask Tom another question here, and that's um, Tom, where can we go to find out what um, what products or features are compatible with XFi uh, to make a smart home through Comcast? And just in general, um, what is Wi-Fi connectivity in the smart home doing in the space of accessibility? Uh, so from an accessibility standpoint, I would say a good jumping off point is Xfinity.com slash accessibility. Um, and that, that's always a, a, a good place to, to start. Um, certainly our dedicated support center for customers with disabilities would, would be able to provide more information. Um, uh, and, and I would have to get you the exact uh, address for the, uh, maybe it's xfi.com or xfinity.com slash xfi. We'll have to come back to you with, with the, uh, the right address to kind of land right in, in the xfi uh, location. Yeah, I think it's slash um, Oh, is it slash XFi? And also on the XFi app, I'm looking at it right now, and there's a a more like a hamburger menu on the on the menu there that has works with Xfinity. It can tell you all the products that are compatible as well. Yeah, so within the app itself, um, and those will evolve, and more uh, devices, you know, Internet of Things, smart home devices will will come up uh, over time as we as we bring more of that home automation into the internet product. And I can uh, I can give a quick little voiceover demo just to give you a sense of what's in the app, if you guys like. Please do. So I'll go ahead and turn on voiceover here. My trusty triple tap on my iOS home key here. Voiceover on B. I see a notification center badge button. 8.37 p.m. Hold on a second. I... Four of five. Gateway and pods online and secure. You guys hear that okay? Yep. Yes. So now as I swipe through, this is the main home screen of XFi. It will tell me. View network details. Button. Details. 315-24. It's my, my network. It's a carousel with two slides. Profile highlights. Most active in the past 24 hours. All profiles. Button. 6% household. Link. So most of the devices that are on right now are assigned to my household. So you'll hear the other members that are in my household will have probably have zero percent. Zero percent Kelly B. Zero percent Joel. Zero percent Lauren. Link. View device highlights. Most active in the past twenty-four hours. So if you go to the go bottom of the screen, Joel, yep. there's some tabs down there. Why don't you just run, scroll through those tabs a little bit? Overview. Tab. One of five. Overview. People. Tab. Two of five. Devices. Tab. Three of five. So sometimes I'll have a, a device pop on and oh, there's a new device. So my wife came back from the uh, the phone store before all this COVID business started and she had a new device. So X5 popped right up and said, hey, we don't recognize this device. Do you want to assign it to somebody or do you want to pause it so they can't access your internet? And if you go one uh, more to the right, that would yep. be interesting. Uh, yeah, go under network for a second. Network, tab, selected, network, tab, 
And then up toward the top of the screen, I think uh, our pods. Are... Yep. Oh, so so here you can check your speed uh, of of the uh, you know of your of your gateway, so your router, and and your speed from your router to your device. So uh, a lot of times with Wi-Fi in houses, it's it's not always consistent coverage across, and so uh, that's one way. That's a tool right in the XFi app for you to get there. Mm -hmm. there Advanced security, good news. No threats to report this week. Link. So advanced yes. security will we'll grab threats as it re recognizes them on the network. Um, I've had some good success with that already. Uh, shutting a couple of things down. And then Tom was mentioning the pods. If I network devices, heading level two. So here are the devices and, on my network. And what are the pods? So X5 pods are uh, devices that ex basically extend your network and create a mesh network in your home for better coverage. So for instance, um, here upstairs where I am now, got a TV and one of our kind of um, secondary set-top boxes up here that's a, a Wi-Fi only set-top box it doesn't require a cable drop and I was having a little trouble getting coverage up here so uh, when I got the X5 pods hooked up I basically plugged them into an outlet uh, it's really easy to set them up we actually had some interesting um, activity on Twitter of a blind customer saying how easy it was to set them up because you basically fire up the X5 app and it tells you exactly what to do every step of the way, plug it into the wall, hold your phone near it, and then all of a sudden your pods are online and your network is extended. So now I've got great coverage upstairs. My TV works great up here with my set-top box, and I'm actually in the process of building a new shed in the backyard, and I took out my phone the other day when I was at the back of the backyard. Now I don't have a huge property, but um, pretty far away from the house there, and I had still pretty good Wi-Fi coverage standing all the way back at the very back corner of my property. So once uh, I call it a shed, but it's going to be a playhouse for my three girls until they're too old for it, and then it'll be a shed. <laughs> so they'll be happy to be able to play their little games out there and things with the, with their iPods and whatnot. And Joel mentioned putting the pod, uh, putting the phone next to the pod. So the pod is communicating with the phone via Bluetooth, and that's how you name the pod. So you could call it, you know upstairs hallway or you know office uh you know i have a pod in the family room so i named it family room or living room um and and so that that bluetooth capability and that step-by-step -step instructions that you get through x5 will say okay enable bluetooth and you enable bluetooth then you put the phone next to the pod as you plug it into the wall and 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 that's what you know starts the process so it leverages, you know, not only Wi-Fi, but Bluetooth where it makes sense. And I, and I think that's going to be a trend you're going to see us lean more into. So we all dread uh, the flashing lights on our gateway or on our on our on our Internet router. Um, and, you know, in the future, devices hopefully will be able to get that information that's conveyed through flashing lights via Bluetooth over to the XFi app. So that's that's kind of the 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 idea behind XFi is that this should be a one stop shop to to manage uh, all your network, uh, your network needs. That's interesting. I think a lot of folks who have set up uh, smart speakers in their home are probably familiar with that, uh, that Bluetooth and using your phone wireless and relatively painless um, setup process. Uh, so Tom, you mentioned the ability of setting up a security camera and also having video as well as separate audio feeds um, from the camera. You guys have talked a little bit about the the Xfinity pods to 
improve your Wi-Fi signal throughout your house or property. Um, I'm a little bit jealous of Joel having one out, out in his shed, um, or excuse me, his kid's playhouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the smart home and home appliances, you know, appliances are something that have been in our homes for decades and they've posed a constant barrier. Now you just touched on something that potentially getting access to the blinking lights on your router or your modem um, through the XFi app could enhance accessibility and usability for, for customers who are blind or disabled. Um, what other sorts of products are coming online to, to network and to be able to control and interface with through XFi? Well, um, it doesn't necessarily even have to be XFi. So with X1 um, and a new video product we call Flex, you'll be able to uh, run the XFi app on those devices. Um, if you try it right now, the XFi app on X1 is, is not accessible, but that's, again, accessibility is a journey, not a destination. So I'm just letting you know where, where the skeletons lie in full transparency. Um, we're working on it, um, but that's that's the goal that that you'll be able to not only use uh, XFi on your smartphone, but you'll be using your TV remote to to navigate a lot of this. I mentioned Flex. Flex is uh, a new uh, product that is basically um, uh, video without live TV. So if all you really want is the various apps that we mentioned, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube, uh, and access to our uh, tens of thousands, 50,000 plus video titles in our on-demand library. Um, we'll send you Flex uh, if you're an internet customer. So if you're already subscribing to uh, our, our internet connectivity service, uh, you can request a Flex at no additional charge. Um, and you're able to consume uh, all of that content as well. So that's that's a product that um, that is uh, in, in development. There's a version of it out there now. Um, the more accessible version uh, will be uh, forthcoming. It still works right now, uh, but, but um, even bigger and better things to come in in the newer version that's in development now. Thank you. Um, and then one last product I, I think we still have to discuss here, and that's the Stream app. Um, will you tell us a little bit about that and what uh, flexibility and service offerings that affords the customers? Joel, do you want to take that one since you have the probably have the Stream app on that same device, right? Yeah, sure do. Um, so Stream is really is what puts essentially puts X1 in your pocket, right? That's your, your second screen experience for X1. So uh, certain live programs, you can watch them while you're on the go. You can download and watch your completed DVR recordings if you know you're getting on a flight or something where you're not going to have Wi-Fi access. Let's make sure I'm volumes up here. Um, so yeah, so it's basically, it kind of mirrors X1 uh, on your device. So let me bring up stream here. And you'll be able to hear what I'm talking about. Stream. 
And again, this is an instance where we work directly with the teams who are developing these apps. Um, not, it's not a model where we're hiring a bunch of folks to go be part of that team, uh, but we're evangelizing to them and having them bake accessibility into the things that they do, like streams. So I'm going to adjust my microphone and put on voiceover. Voiceover on. Stream debug. 8.46 p.m. Status bar item. Featured. Heading. So let me get Main into menu. Button. Menu. Saved. Button. So my main menu here is my saved content. So I've got selected for you. Double tap to open. For you, that's recommendations and things that I've uh, that I've that I've uh, you know based on what my watching habits are. Recordings. Missed that. Oh, hold on 13. one second. Thirteen. I hit a drive. <laughs> hit nine iron. Center of the green. Here we've got. Uh, two Watch the Olympics channel. Uh, 14, I hit dry, cut driver, then I hit 56 degree. All right. So what's happening here is that, back to about six feet, that watch the Olympics channel. 15, I hit a good drive down the middle, straight drive down the middle. Um, As you can I hear, I've got the golf channel on my TV here in the background. I had that paused waiting for our X1 demo and my pause buffer came to its end so I can no longer pause it. So you're all of a sudden you're hearing the live TV there. So back to stream. Uh, as I swipe here with voiceover through the menu, I've got recordings, things that are scheduled, and then I can get into live TV. And Joel, is, is Stream available to existing Comcast customers, or are you able to subscribe to only stream that's a customer. that's a really good question so yeah if you're an x1 customer you've got stream as your second screen experience but with xfinity instant you can actually um go ahead and subscribe to a package that wouldn't include a set-top box and stream would be your main means of accessing it so that would be stream either via ios or android that would be stream on the web or stream on what we call customer customer owned and managed devices like um, like Roku or Samsung or LG TVs where the app uh, is baked in. So you can get to stream any of those ways and uh, with the version of voice guidance that works on that particular device. 8.49 p.m. So essentially, that's um, that's all. I'll do a stream for now in the interest of time, so we can get to some of the X1 stuff. But uh, you've got your guide, you've got your saved and on demand, your favorites, um, all your stuff is is right there in stream for you. And we've had some pretty good response uh, from folks uh, in the the blind community who have said, you know, I do have a set top box, but I very very rarely turn it on unless I have a sighted guest because stream seems to really do it for me. I can just have it in the palm of my hand and use it with voiceover. And there are accessibility settings on stream for, for audio description. Um, again, we, we refer to it as video description. Um, and then when you're watching a live show that you know has description, um, uh, there's a, uh, an audio menu inside the player and you can select uh, you know, the, uh, the description track. Uh, and if you set the description setting, um, it will uh, automatically play that track as well. Well, that's great. 
Um, any other products, product demos? I think we're uh, done with questions from me here this evening. Um, so if, if you all have anything else that you'd like to show, otherwise we'll open it up for Q&A. Yeah, I'd be happy to take you through uh, through the X1 experience really quickly at a sure. high level. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about mobile apps. Tom did allude to the fact that those apps are also available on X1. Um, some of the what we would think of as like the profile apps, the Netflix and Prime and Hulu work very well with, with voice guidance. Uh, there, there are some gaps there among the apps. If you think about think about iOS, for example, as the system, and then the apps that run on it are kind of a, a different animal. We've got apps that come from third parties. We've got apps that we develop in-house. In all cases, we've got to work with each of those app development teams individually to ensure the accessibility of their experience when they launch it on X1. So again, no app store, everything's just baked in. So let me take you really quick through the X1 experience here. So I'm holding the X1 voice remote. Uh, first thing I'll do here is I'm just going to hold down the voice button right above the menu button and I will say voice guidance. Voice guidance. Here on screen text and options spoken aloud to help you navigate through screens. Press right arrow button then OK to activate. Tip to turn off voice guidance later. Press B key twice. Cancel. So all I did there was just say voice guidance and then a menu came up and it gave me the option to cancel or, or turn it on. So now, as I navigate up, oh, of course I hit exit without turning it on. So the other way I can turn it on is by double tap the B key on the remote. <laughs> <laughs> voice guidance. If I double tap the B key on the remote, I get the same thing. Guidance. So if you're someone who is able to use the voice feature, great, you just say voice guidance. Otherwise, you can double double tap the B key and enable voice guidance that way. So go ahead and turn it on. And then. Infinity main menu. Press up or down arrow to review categories. So now as I press, press I can always interrupt voice guidance. To review and on demand. Save. Guide. So you're hearing kind of the same options that you, that you heard me do in stream with voiceover. So now if I go into the guide here. Now playing. Olympic classics, figure skating. Six minutes remaining. Channel 822 OLYHD. Press OK to So watch. now of course I can go down through the channels. Psych. Six minutes remaining. Channel 823 USA HD. And I can feel everybody thinking on the call that that sounds pretty slow for avid screen reader users. So um, I can always just press the B key. That's always gonna take me right to accessibility settings. Why not A for accessibility, you ask? Well, that's because A was already taken for the help screen. And you can imagine if every customer out there already knows that A goes to the help screen, that's a tough battle for us to fight to take over that key. So B for accessibility, press accessibility B. Accessibility settings, closed captioning, off. Closed captioning options. So I'm going down through the menu here. Video language, SAP, reset. Video description, off selected. Voice guidance, on selected. Voice guidance options. Customize voice guidance by adjusting the speech rate. That's what we want. We'll get into the voice guidance speech voice rate. Guidance voice guidance speech rate. I'm going to regular. Fast. Text will be voiced out at a fast rate. And then I can go up to fastest. 
fastest. Text will be voiced out at the fastest rate. I am no Tom Litkowski, so I'm going to go with just fast. <laughs> and it's kind of interesting when we have uh, sighted folks coming to our accessibility lab on their first day at Comcast who may have no experience with screen readers, and we crank it up to the fastest setting, and they all kind of chuckle and say, oh, wow. <laughs> so let's go to the fast mode here. Voice guidance, speech rate, fast selected. Press OK to select. All right, so now i got the speed I want. I kind of know where my main menu is, and it's great that I can arrow through the menus and listen to things in a linear fashion, but I don't have to tell anybody on this conference that um, that's not always the best way to get to something. So when I bring the voice remote back into play, I've got really uh, a voice command for really any accessibility option that I want on here. So I can say accessibility and get right to the accessibility home screen. I can say voice guidance, as you already heard me do. I can say closed captions to turn those off or on. I can say just description, and that will turn description off or on as I'm watching my program. So let me do that. I'm going to jump into the accessibility home screen here. Accessibility. Accessibility home. Accessibility features and help. Accessibility settings. Press down for accessibility content. Press left right arrow to review items, then press OK to select. So I've got two rows of, uh, of tiles on this screen. The top one, as you heard, is accessibility features and help. And then if I press down, I get to accessibility content. So the first row has settings. Accessibility tips. Accessibility tips. Get help and support. Get help and support. That's going to, if you click through to that, it's going to give you the phone number for our accessibility support center for customers with disabilities, which Tom mentioned earlier. Um, you can get a hold of them by phone. You can email them at accessibility at comcast.com. That would be a great way to go about it if you ever have an issue, like Tom mentioned earlier, if you go and try to find something that has description and you end up purchasing or renting something that ends up not having description, um, you can let us know that. And uh, I can go more in detail on that as well. And also in this row, we have access to my account. So you can check out your bill and things like that. That happens to be one of our X1 apps that's nice and accessible with, uh, with voice guidance. So uh, continuing on here, if I go down, I've got a content row. So there's different collections of content. There's one um, called Beating the Odds. That's got films like Eric Weinmeier's The Weight of Water, where he, uh, he I imagine some of us are familiar with Eric's work. He's a self-proclaimed blind adventurer, and this was his film about kayaking down the length of the Colorado River. And most importantly, in that content row, I've got Accessibility content, video description collection, press up for accessibility features and help. So this is our accessibility uh, video description collection. I can also get to this just by saying things like uh, shows with description or described programs. Uh, lots of different things you can say to land here. You can also say shows with the audio description and so on. So if I go into this, we've got a featured row. Collection. Featured content with video description, described video airing today. Press down for described video airing now. Press left right arrow to review items, then press OK to select. So we've got a whole bunch of featured content in the first row where we're kind of promoting some things. And then below that, we've got all these other rows of content, including described video airing now, uh, described movies on demand, described movies on Netflix, described series on demand, described series on Netflix, and so on. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, once we start getting the proper uh, metadata from Hulu and from Prime Video, we can start surfacing those collections here as well because we can key on that. 
we use a content management system basically to build this page and can make changes really very quickly. Um, so once we do get that that data, we can actually build a collection that that keys off of that metadata and populates it appropriately. So this is the easiest way to go and find something with description. And then if you want to fire up something that has description, you guys might remember um, several years back now, we uh, made history with NBC when we aired The Wiz Live. So coming up into the holiday season that year in 2015, uh, it was the first live broadcast entertainment in prime time to, to feature live description. So we had that live describer describing everything that happened in this stage play as it happened. And I can do a quick sample of that just to show you what the description sounds like. Oh, I'm, I'm not on the work account, so I'm not going to do that one. But what I can do is I will jump into our apps. And if I go to, and this is a good example of... Let's go into something like Affinity main menu. Press up or down. Let's let's just I'll use the voice command and go to Hulu instead of navigating through the apps menu. And once Hulu loads up, I can go back to my recently watched or explore here to find something with description as well. So, and Joel, as you do that, I'm just curious. My wife and I probably okay. have Joel around Martin. 10 um, Wi-Fi connected TV. devices in our house. Um, what do you and Tom have in your homes? Say so you're managing on your home network. Oh, as far as what we're managing on XFi? That yeah, Episode that you manage one. on your home network via XFi. Gotcha. So over over the years, it's a collection of iPads and iPods and Amazon Fire tablets and the Xfinity XFi pods themselves. Um, the the box that I have in this room, the XI6 box, is a Wi-Fi only box. Uh, any laptops that we have, the kids now have uh, Chromebooks for school. So anything that, that's hanging off of our network it can be assigned to one of our household members. And anything that's assigned to my daughter, Charlotte, for instance, it'll show her usage on that. So she is just going guns and downloading all kinds of stuff. I'm going to know about it because anything she's doing, frankly, shouldn't really take up a whole lot of, uh, a lot of data. So that's going to be something that's a little out of the ordinary. I'm going to want to check on it. And of course, the the mighty pause the kids Wi-Fi option is good. So I can say things like, "Come on, guys, internet off, screens down. It's time for us to start watching TV together." <laughs> so um, watch things like Hulu, which you've got pulled up there. Exactly. So I've got Hulu right here. Um, so you can hear me navigating. So now this is our voice guidance on X1, but I'm inside of the Hulu experience, just like you would get on any other over-the-top service. Um, or, or anywhere else that you're going to get Hulu uh, on the web even, right? So this is still our our voice guidance. We're working inside that app experience. So. Unwatched in my stuff. Tab selected four of 18. Saturday Night Live on NBC. Button one of two in a list. So I'm just going to navigate a little more here for you. 40, my stuff. Button two of two. Right, so get out of Saturday that. Night, unwatched in my stuff. Cap Hugh Lupix. 
And so what I want to do really quick is I'm going to just hit exit to get out of Hulu. And I want to show you another way to navigate Hulu content. So if I say something like um, something I was going to watch earlier, pause the, uh, that's the music earlier was my ice dancing coming back on on the Olympics channel. So if I go ahead and say something like the Beatles eight days a week, documentary I wanted to watch. Did you mean press right or left arrow to review, then press OK to select. Press down to access playback controls. The Beatles. Oh, there it was. The Beatles, eight days a week, the touring years, internet content English available, so, 106 minutes, free Rotten Tomatoes. So now I'm in X1 proper. I'm not in Hulu. I'm in the X1 system navigating titles that are available on Hulu and getting that data about what they're about. The Rotten Tomatoes ratings of 96% and 89% audience ratings, all that good stuff. So I press OK to, to go into that item. Eight days a week. Victoria years available from Hulu. Stingray Keller 106 minutes rated PG. Internet content. High definition available. Closed captions available. English available. Rotten Tomatoes certified fresh 96%. Audience rating 89%. 2016. Filmmaker Ron Howard examines the early years of the Beatles and their worldwide concert tour. So, Joel, I, I heard that closed caption is available. Um, is this one of those situations where we're working with the other providers to get that metadata so that it can show whether audio description is available as well? Yes, that's exactly right. So as soon as we have that, the, so the audio track is being passed to us, you can use it, but um, we don't ha yet have the ability to hook into that data to populate this in the description collection or flag it with the description logo. So that's something that we're working on. So there's a lot of parties in the mix when it comes to description. And um, you know, this is really in the weed stuff because frankly, we totally understand that at the end of the day, the customer doesn't really care what the contract is or why one provider offers a description and other ones don't. But, you know, um, being Comcast, being Xfinity, um, we want to continually push toward being best in class and kind of change the way all this is done and, and, and move toward a better experience for everybody. So you heard the last thing that announced there is that, that play on Hulu button. So I'm not in Hulu yet, but now as soon as I hit play, it's going to take me right in there, and we'll just listen to just a, a few seconds of the the film as it starts playing. So we're going into Hulu now, and um, once that loads up, it'll. Who's watching? Joe Moffat. Button one of two. Hey, that's me. All right. Welcome, Joe Moffat. Just a moment. Home TV. Loading. So it takes me into Hulu, but it takes me right to that asset. So I don't have to navigate the Hulu the piece. Eight days a week, the touring years. Runtime, one hour, 44 minutes, 44 seconds. Select to pause. Press left to rewind, right to fast forward. Press up for player settings, down for more to watch. The Beatles turns white. Over it, eight days a week, the touring years. And it is described. There you go. A vintage photo of George, Paul, and John. And I should say that although that data isn't currently coming through our system, I know somebody that can help you understand what is described on Hulu, don't I? That's right. Um, and at this point, I'd like to say thank you for those product demos and the information that you've shared with us here this evening. Um, and I'd like to open up and invite Rick Morin back to 
open it up for audience Q and A. Um, and Joel, you're absolutely right. Um, for folks who are familiar with the audio description ADP website, you know that you can go there and Fred Brack does a great job of updating um, the listings for the available content from Hulu and many other um, over-the-top streaming service providers. Terrence, you're up. Hello. Um, first, I want to say thank you for your dedication and commitment to providing accessible service through Comcast. Um, my question was, is there a way to pause the, um, I guess, the voice guidance feature, like once it starts talking? And it's it's specifically for like when you're using Netflix on the um, the menu. I mean, the yeah, within the X1 platform, like when once you start a program and it talks over the first minute or so of the program, is there a way that you can pause that? Like once you actually enter the program and cut short what it was already about to read. Yeah, that's that's a totally fair question. This is Joel. Um, yeah, great question. That's something that's on the wish list uh, on the backlog that we're currently pushing up to the top. As uh, as Tom mentioned, as we begin to work with the teams that are kind of rebuilding and reimagining the flex experience, that's a place for us to really push ahead with that, uh, which will in turn inform what X1 becomes. So yeah, that that's something we've heard before and I can probably head off some of the other requests to do things like adjust the volume of the program audio versus the volume of voice guidance, a little more complicated in the arena of our, of our X1 platform um, than you might imagine, but uh, also something that's very high up on our list right now. Yeah, uh, and one one other quick one was, um, is there a, is there a way? It's probably on the wish list as well. But is there a way um, that if you turn off audio description, that it doesn't leave the screen that you were on in the guide? So, like you know, you double tap. Yeah, you know, you get to a, a program with the audio description on. If you double tap the B and turn it off, it doesn't stay where you were in the guide. It, it goes back to the original channel or whatever you were watching gotcha so you've got the double b set so that you're toggling um voice guidance or video description because you can set it to do different things voice voice guidance voice guidance yeah yeah that i understand yeah that's that's something we've also identified that's also pretty high up on the wish list um but what you can do is if you want to use the voice command and just say description that'll mm -hmm. toggle it off and on and that'll leave you right in your program where you were or you can, uh, anytime you press the down arrow key, okay. what that does is bring up um, what we call the, it's like the playback controls bar. So you get your play and your fast forward and rewind and stuff. And if you arrow to the left on there, one of the options is description. So you can either do it through the arrow keys there or you can do it through a voice command. Yeah, I've done it both ways with those, yeah. Yeah, but um, so so that that's for description. And then I, I do, on understand that what you're talking about with voice guidance I, um, I flipped what you were asking there but with voice guidance yeah today that dialogue box pops up that unfortunately does um, take you out of the experience you were in but we're looking to at least in the at least when you do a voice command to be able to drop that dialogue box and uh, I'll have to follow up and see where that is but that's something that we have on the menu too okay thank uh -huh. you very much 
Sure. Thanks for your questions, Terrence. And I think we have Tom Lukowski back on a different device. So I, uh, I am bouncing around to whatever device has battery power. Left. There you go. <laughs> and Rick, who do we have next? Yeah, we have Wes Brown next. Yes, I've I been mostly, you know, I have, you know, I'm signed up for both internet and also basic cable. And I haven't had a TV for a while. And so I've just been watching the TV channels on the computer. And just recently, I acquired a TV. And right now, I can't set up because I found, okay, it's a, one thing, you need a longer cable to kind of, you know, to run the uh, cable signal across the living room between the jack and the TV. But I found out I'm also up for a new cable box because a couple, you know, years or so ago when I first signed on to get the basic cable, I had to run in and get a cable box to activate the basic cable, even though I was going to be a watch on the computer. So I have another older cable cable box in my possession. But I just talked to Comcast, you know, a month or so ago, and they say, oh, I'm up for a new, no, just a few weeks ago, because I uh, had to renew my, kind of like my contract. And uh, they said, no, you're up for a new cable box. And right now that's on hold due to this wonderful coronavirus stuff. Because, you know, I don't want to go to store. I'm not riding the buses right now. So that's one thing around here uh, that I have on hold waiting. Because, you know, I and also I don't want to, you know, expose myself unnecessarily <coughs> to the virus. So the TV is just sitting in the corner still waiting to after this corona stuff is finished. And I kind of wonder, these newer boxes, are those going to include this X1 thing, these newer boxes, or that's some premium thing I have to pay more no, than basic? No, no, actually, uh, so Wes, this is Tom. Um, uh, if you call our our support center for customers with disabilities. I don't know who you've been talking with. Maybe you have already, but but I would do some uh, dude in Jamaica. Some no, okay, then definitely not the support center for customers. So what I would do is um, uh, call uh, a toll-free number. I can I can list it out here, uh, and this is being recorded, so you can go back and get the number if you don't have anything to take it with now. It's eight five five two seven zero. 0379. That's 855 270 0379. Yeah, and my notepad has not come up yet. So, okay. I, um, and I, we can repeat that again toward the end of the show. I know we're coming down to the end here anyway, but um, you call the uh, uh, you call that number 855 270 0379 and uh, tell them that you want to upgrade to X1, and um, they will get you the X1 box. And that's, okay. what, and that's one of the charts. beauties of the, the Communications Video Accessibility Act, um, and that is that regardless of the, the level of service that a consumer subscribes to, if a company offers an accessible um, option, they need to make that available to the customer. So, okay. And, this and, Com and Comcast certainly does that, and uh, we're grateful for their support in that regard. Okay. This X1 box. Am I going to have to pay extra for the X1 box? 
You will no. not have to pay extra for the X1 box because you are using it for the accessibility features. Okay, so for my basic cable fee, this will include the X1 box, but that is an acceptance since I'm a customer with a disability. That's correct. That's correct. Okay, uh, that's that what I was kind of wondering. And uh, yeah. also, I kind of wanted on, on the uh, Internet Essentials, I believe I'm eligible for that now since I don't no longer need a kid in the school lunch box, lunch program to have that. But the thing is, what I understand is, but I cannot be a current Comcast customer. I have, I cannot be signed up with Comcast when I signed up, but I've been a customer for a couple of years. So there's any way for me to get that internet essentials or do I got to disconnect and wait a year or two before I ask for it again? Yeah, I, uh, that is true. Uh, that the com, you know, if you're an existing Comcast customer, that that is um, a situation that um, you'd have to. I, I think the best way to go there is to um, again call the dedicated support center and 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 ask the question uh, there. Um, you you would likely have to. I know it sounds counterintuitive. You'd likely have to disconnect service for a period of time to then get internet essentials. Uh, and there's, again, every, it's hard to diagnose individual account configurations on a call like this. Um, so I don't want to go really any deeper than that. Um, the best bet would be to really direct you to that support center and they would be able to offer guidance and really look at your account. But trying to do that on a, on a forum like this is, is very difficult and doesn't serve anybody well. And also, I've been using the Xfinity Stream app or the website or the Xfinity Xfinity Stream website, the web version of the Xfinity Stream app. I used the app before on an iPad that I had before it broke, and also have it on my iPhone. But I'm not into watching much stuff on the iPhone because of the smaller screen. I've got a vision impairment where it makes me want big screens, and so sure. I don't like watching video on a smartphone i at least need like an ipad to really you know enjoy it sure and also as for the big screens i want to get a big you know for my home yeah. tv my comfortable screen i want to be i'm zoning for a yep. big thing like 60 inch or something you know but but anyway i use expandy stream but i noticed that when it goes through the channel line lineup on the live tv i noticed the lineup and the shows for the on-air channels and also the special cable channels they do repeat several times as they go down the list with the you know different higher channel numbers what are those repeats are those for those different versions for the different resolutions or or something yeah there's s there's standard definition and high definition channels yes okay so those are like high definition channels when i when that's I, correct. I see those okay so that's what it that is what those are yep Thank you for your questions, Wes. Uh, Rick, who do we have next? Yeah, from the left coast, we've got Dan Kaiser. The left coast. Yeah, I've been a Comcast user uh, since 2006. Before that, it was Sacramento Cable and here in Sacramento. And um, I'm really happy with the service. Uh, the accessibility has been fantastic. Um, I've used almost every aspect of it. I record it's the first time that blind people, I think, were ever able to use the DVR. And it's been really uh, nice to 
be able to be like everybody in my family and use the DVR and watch a show and everything. But what truly amazed me was getting on and getting the screen sharing from accessibility. That was very nice. Uh, it worked good. It was simple, uh, easy to use. Just I was just so happy with it. But actually, screen I screen sharing where the agent was was controlling yeah, your it, yeah, we exactly, were controlling your TV mm -hmm. exactly, and it worked really well. Uh, and I I, I like the passion and the interest that the accessibility customer support folks have you can feel and sense their passion they're really into their jobs so i want to do thank you for and, and let you know how you know happy i am with that my question is really different um this result involves amazon echo devices and amazon echo devices um, can um intelligently what do they call that uh I can't remember what they call that, but when you can train for a new skill. So in the new skills, I noticed several cable companies are added to the skill set. So if I wanted cable sure. on my Alexa, uh, sorry, everybody, um, that that the all I got to do is say watch channel 10. Well, that would be really cool. Do you guys have any partnership plans with Comcast and um, Echo or Amazon. Certainly, Amazon Prime is on X1, as I've mentioned, as their app. Right. Uh, I can't really comment on what may or may not be in the in the cards here in terms of uh, further partnerships. But uh, I get what you're saying. You want a hands-free voice experience. That would be great. Where I right. tell the smart device play channel ten. Joel Great. could whip Thank that up for tomorrow by tomorrow for you. No. Um, <laughs> uh, Thank you so much for that question. Hey, no and, um, Rick, who else do we have? We have Mr. Carl Richardson. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing well. So my question is about the future and what is um, called Next Gen Television or ASTC 3.0. Can you tell us... Um, if Comcast is involved in those standards, and will they separate the audio description track from the foreign language track in that uh, those new standards? We so yes, uh, NBC Universal would represent us in the ATSC work. Uh, this stands for the Advanced uh, ATSC Advanced Television Systems Engineering Committee, um, and they set the standards for over-the-air television, not for cable or uh, other distribution, satellite distribution. Um, and they do uh, have a, a, a section for how they want to deal with audio description. Uh, we just did an interesting internal meeting uh, back in January, Joel, I think it was, mm -hmm. um, uh, where yep. we brought uh, both Xfinity and NBC Universal uh, engineers together. Uh, and I, I can't really comment, but we all agree, Carl, that we want to separate the descriptive track from the language track. And even more importantly, we want to get on par with the streaming providers so that we have quality description uh, with surround sound. Um, I think I was talking to Eric Bridges and he was recounting an example of him using a streaming service and 
uh, you know, talking about description. And then, um, you know, we're still using that mono channel. That's a legacy issue left over from years and years ago. And certainly the technology has evolved and continues to advance. <clears throat> so I think uh, with, uh, with a, a high degree of confidence that, that we're going to uh, see improvement in, in how we, Comcast and other providers, uh, deliver descriptive audio. I'm not going to put a time frame on it because then that's when I get into trouble. Um, but I know that uh, we hired on my team um, uh, a head of innovation and research, and he is an 18-year veteran of Comcast. He drove adoption of 4K video and done a lot with um, RF signals, which is how cable works. Um, does a lot with audio. And, you know, the first day he joined the company, he's like, hey, do you want to go meet with the CTO of NBC Sports? I'm like, uh, sure. Uh, who is he? He's like, oh, I, I, you know, let me just call Dave up and he'll be ready to meet with us. And, and he's in charge of that. So I think we're in a much better spot than we were uh, a few months ago. And he knows how to bring the players together. And I think we view a, a, an opportunity to lead the industry uh, in that in that in that uh, space, but again, I'm not going to go any further than than that and, and commit myself to anything. But but there will be some internal testing done uh, at some point um, in the not too distant future that will will help define the path that we need to take to get to where you ultimately want us to get to, which is separate description track from foreign language and description with five one. Some things that we can talk about is you know we're working on um, the ability to send a descriptive track via Bluetooth to like a headset or something else like that. That's not, that's, 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 uh, that's gonna happen soon um, uh, where you can have you know, your five, five one surround and then uh, you can have description going through a, a Bluetooth device. Um, you know, there's Dolby Atmos, there's all sorts of other advanced audio uh, codecs uh, and, and really, you know, audio is just moving a bunch of data around these days anyway. Uh, and, and I'd love to get it where you have a description, uh, track without any mix, uh, without any, so it's dry narration, uh, and, and, you know, uh, it's mixed on the fly inside the box. Uh, so again, not there yet, but we do see light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you thank for you. that question, Carl. And Tom, thank you for that answer. I'd love to be able to quote you on that, that uh, um, audio is really just bits moving around in our next FCC filing. Uh, please so. don't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, it's Rick, out there for the world now. So. Yeah, Rick, we've got time for a couple more questions. Yeah, Jane Corona. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, first of all, I'm a, a very happy Comcast customer. We have a a uh, retirement community of about 10,000 residents, and we just signed an eight-year contract with Comcast, so Thank I'm you. happy. Anyway, um, when uh, when we use um, third-party things like Netflix or, or Hulu or whatever on the X1 platform, do we have to have a subscription to those? I do have a subscription to Netflix. Um, can I now cancel that? Uh, no, you still need your subscription to Netflix to to use it. Yes. So how do I let the X1 platform know that I have a subscription to Netflix? 
you're going to I mean, sign in just like you would on a device, like an iPhone or your computer. I can do that computer. on remote, or I yes. have to do that on. I can do it Sometimes on they might. They could. There's two multiple ways you could sign on through a computer, and then it gives you a code to put into your remote, or you could just type your uh, email and password, you know, using the on-screen keyboard by using the buttons on your remote. Does that work? Is that accessible? Yeah. Yeah. Guess I better call the accessibility people tomorrow. They can show me how to do that. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Okay, we've got Joel Snyder. Oh. And Joel will be our last question here this evening. Oh my goodness. Best for last. And there I joined this. I came back to this call. I should have left Joel handling all these things. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare. I know how to get hold of you. Well, I want to thank Tom and Comcast and of course ACB for sponsoring this. This has been great. Uh, I'm especially looking forward to that Bluetooth delivery of a description, Tom. Um, and of course, as Carl was mentioning, the possibility of have, separating out, having more than one channel of secondary audio programming. So it's not a matter of description or Spanish. Um, just a couple of things. Um, I first wanted to simply mention, of course, the audio description project, which I direct on a contract with the American Council of the Blind. Uh, I commend our website to folks. It really is the go-to place for information about audio description and a lot of those schedules that at some point maybe um, it'd be great for the broadcasters to put us out of business and have all those schedules uh, available so, as readily as Comcast does. But uh, acb.org slash ADP is the Audio Description Project website. And I hope uh, many of you will uh, will uh, take advantage of that. Two questions real quickly. Um, I, I want to find out if Comcast uh, and, and NBC Universal, which of course is part of Comcast, might consider making available the audio of the original audio track of films, television shows with description, just an audio file of the mixed audio there, um, and making that available in some way, um, I, especially now in the midst of this whole coronavirus nonsense and people are looking for things to do at home, what a, what a great thing to be able to make that available to folks who are blind or have low vision um, and, and have that accessible to folks. Um, I mean, ultimately, I can see that as a moneymaker for Comcast or NBC. Um, sighted people could download a track for a dollar or whatever and listen to it while they're driving a car or something. Uh, what what's the possibility of that, uh, you guys? Do you think that's something that could be looked at? I, I know there have been legal issues, but I'm sure we could get past that, I would hope. I will just say I will put that on a list of things to discuss with my contacts at NBC, and I'm not going to get myself into trouble by commenting any further than that, and <laughs> I believe Joel would agree with me on that. We will uh, put it on the list, but we won't go any further than that. No, put it on the list. That's 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 great. The other thing is simply whether or not uh, Universal might be able to dip into their vast library of content and um, start describing some uh, films that uh, are. We get lots of requests at the ADP for you know how can I how can I get hold of the African Queen with description or or that one probably has description already, but To Kill a Mockingbird or or a lot of these are in public domain, but a lot of them probably are in the Universal Library. What do you think about that? Is that something that might be possible? 
everything's possible uh, in some way, shape, or form at some point in time. Um, again, it's it's uh, something that we would add to the list, uh, and I, you know, really can't speak for anyone on the on the NBC Universal side. Uh, you know, as you know, these program uh, rights issues are are pretty dicey, and sure. um, you know. I guess that would be one way for Joel to end up in the driver's seat here if I went and put, went out on a limb and, and messed something up with a rights holder. <laughs> so uh, I need to pay off those college loans, et cetera. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, not ready to make any more commitment than, you know, I, I, we, we understand uh, what, you, what, what, what the request is. Happy to discuss it with folks at, at NBC. Um, um, but really can't speak on their behalf uh, for that. We're just Understood too far away from entirely. how those deals come together. Sure. Understood entirely. Just putting it on the list is, is, uh, is making a step and I appreciate that. Thanks so much for being on the program uh, tonight. Well, thank you, Joel. Dr. Joel Snyder, thank you so much for your questions. A great way to close out tonight's programming. Tom Likowski, uh, VP of Accessibility with Comcast Communications. Thank you so much for joining us and your colleague, Joel Moffitt, as well. Um, thank you so much. And Tom, do you have that, that phone number again for Comcast Accessibility Support that we can give sure. out one last time here before we, before we sign off? Absolutely. And I, I just want to uh, take a moment to thank Joel Moffitt. Uh, as I said at the top, nothing happens without Joel, and uh, I think you could see why. He's got the command of the X1 and the, the apps, and he manages uh, my team's uh, connection to the uh, support center. He manages our accessibility lab, um, and I guess I just drink coffee all day. I don't know what I do, but um, uh, you know, self-deprecates. But th thank you very thank you, thank you for saying that. It's a great team to work for, and um, that's why I've been with it so long. Yeah, and Joel, and, and uh, it's fun watching Joel and I navigate a conference. We almost uh, ended up in a pool a couple of years ago at the CSUN conference. But, <laughs> and not on purpose. <laughs> and not on purpose. Uh, and, and it wasn't for spending too much time in the bar either. Um, but uh, yeah, so so it's a great team. Um, and I wanted to thank Joel. I wanted to thank Clark uh, and, and Eric and, and the folks and Rick certainly on the, you know, turning the knobs uh, for us on the ACB radio side. Uh, the phone number to reach our dedicated support center uh, for customers with disabilities is 855-270-0379. And if you want to go digital, you can uh, go to uh, your... I, I'd point them, Tom, to yeah. xfinity.com slash accessibility support. All one word. So say that again. Xfinity.com slash accessibility support. Got it. And, and uh, on there go you're going to find all the help articles. And right at the top of the page, you're going to find a Ask Xfinity bar where you can type in something like, like audio description. And it will tell you some of the things that we've told you here tonight. Um, we're kind of ramping up with accessibility content in that Xfinity Assistant. So uh, test it out, let us know how it goes, and um, can always improve it. I got my little one saying good night. Yeah, I'm gonna let Joel, he's got three <laughs> kids, uh, and so we'll let, let you go. And, uh, and Clark, thanks for having us. And uh, again, if there's anybody that has any questions, uh, any, any, any way we can be of assistance, 
especially you know anytime, but especially now when we're we're you know at home, uh, please do reach out. We're happy to help. Great, thank you so much, Tom, and thank you so much, Joel. Again, um, to everyone listening on ACB Radio Live event event, thank you and have a good evening. So again, thank you everyone for joining us here tonight for this ACB community event, a conversation with Comcast.